And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Alex McFarland sitting in today for Bishop E. W. Jackson on The Awakening. And today is a very special show because I'm so honored to be with you and uh, honored to be sitting in for my colleague and friend, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Uh, e. W., as you probably know, is a pastor and a broadcaster. He's a Harvard uh, educated attorney and political leader, and uh, he speaks at our conferences, and it is a great privilege indeed when he's on the road or traveling that uh, I get asked sometimes to sit in, and this is one of those days, and we've got a great day today, and a very, very special guest, Reverend Tyler Galden, that I'll introduce in just a moment, and he is a voice that I want you to be aware of, and Tyler is a preacher of the gospel, he's a pastor of a church in North Carolina, uh, a rapidly growing church, and uh, this is somebody that I have uh, seen, my wife and I first heard him on his television show, Unspeakable Joy, and we just immediately said, the hand of God is on Tyler Galden, and we want people to know who this is. And we'll bring him up to the mic in just a moment. But I want to welcome you. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. And we're another day closer to Christmas. And I love Christmas. I hope you do too. And I want to begin with a a lyric from that famous Christmas song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I love that song. It's a great song. I love Christmas, by the way. I love the, the, the songs of Christmas, just all of the imagery related to God taking on a human body, coming onto the stage of earth. We call this the incarnation. And God came to earth in the form of a baby to ultimately go to the cross and shed his blood to wash our sin away. He would rise from the dead. And Jesus said in John six forty, whoever sees the Son and believes in him will have everlasting life, and I will raise you up at the last day. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You know, in Philippians, it's beautiful. In the book of Philippians, it says that he will raise our lowly bodies up. One day, believers will get a glorified body like the resurrected body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to be very clear. We don't turn into God. The redeemed do not, we don't, like the New Agers say, we don't become God or anything like that, but we do get a glorified body one day. And the Bible says that he will raise up our lowly bodies, and it will be like his glorious body, Philippians 3.21. And that's why the song Hark the Herald Angels Sing contains this amazing line, it's a good theological line, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And then from Luke 2, hark, the herald angels sing. Christmas is a great time of year to share the gospel with people. Well, folks, um, I'm going to give the number because you might have a question later on in the program of myself or Reverend Tyler Galden. And here, here's the premise. If you are part of a church that is plateaued or declining, you need to hear the story of Church Street Baptist Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. And look, uh, Angie and I, it's been our blessing to go to a a few churches, like 2,200 
all over America during the past 25 plus years. And I've seen the Lord do wonderful things. We give God the glory. Um, I, I know when I see the Holy Spirit at work, but when you've got a church sanctuary that's packed out every Sunday at 100% capacity and probably more, and then you hear the Word of God preached. When I first heard Tyler Galden, it, it relit a fire in my heart, and I, I like to think the fire burns pretty strong, <laughs> but just the, the simple power of the Word of God preached, because that's what he does on Unspeakable Joy Television. That's what the people of Church Street Baptist Church get. Um, it's it, There's no gimmicks. It's nothing, nothing, you know, no trickery or anything. It's the Word of God, and the proclamation of God's Word carries with it power. And the reason I'm queuing this up like I am, folks, because look, if you're worried about your church and you say, we're not seeing growth, we're not, we're not seeing a move of the Lord like we used to, you need to listen to this show, because I think when you hear the, the work that God is doing through Tyler and his church, I think it'll give you hope and probably some direction for your own church as well. We'll open up the phones. If you've got a question, we'll get to that. The number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. But right now, I want to bring to the mic uh, my colleague and friend, Reverend Tyler Galden of Church Street Baptist Church. Tyler, thanks for holding. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. I'm honored. Thank you for having me, for asking me to be on here, and just uh, being my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Well, amen. Thank you for being on. Uh, before we go any farther, listen up, folks. I want you to get the website. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you and the Unspeakable Joy broadcast? The easiest way to find us is going to be simply unspeakablejoy.com. Uh, they can go there. All of the information about the the television program, the broadcast times, the broadcast locations, the social media sites, uh, all of that is available, again, unspeakablejoy.com. Tyler, if, if people come to Church Street Baptist, Greensboro, North Carolina, or if they tune into the Unspeakable Joy program, what will they hear? Simply put, the gospel, the way it ought to be preached, not in a particular manner, but with faith. The, the preaching of the Word of God from people and to people that believe it still in a day of a great falling away, that's what they'll hear, a gospel that we believe. Amen. Uh, Tyler, uh, I want to say this. It, it does thrill my heart. And hey, when, whenever I hear you preach, I learn things. Uh, I, I get those things that good preaching ought to do. I'm inspired, I'm convicted, I get my toes stepped on, and I'm instructed. I learn, and I, I leave there uh, feeling more on fire for Jesus Christ. I mean, that that's what good preaching ought to do, and God is using you to do that. But tell us the story of, of how God brought you to where you are and the, the journey of Church Street, would you? You know, the church has been in existence right really in the heart of Greensboro, North Carolina, since 1967. Um, Dr. J. William Canoy started the church, and, you know, for, for 25 years, the church was a normal, uh, staple-marked church, really, during that era. Dr. Canoy preached with power, he preached with authority, and 
in the mid-90s, Dr. Kanoi went home to be with the Lord uh, after uh, a battle with cancer. And the church really, for probably 15 years, uh, up until I came in 2013, so maybe just a little bit longer than 15 years, there was a slow and steady digression. Um, you know, there was never a massive split. There was never a, a massive exodus. Um, it was just, you know, one family left, another family left, age set in, you know, funerals come in, things like that. And when I was, I was 26 years old, um, I was an itinerant evangelist. And again, I was not super busy, but I was, you know, preaching somewhere every Sunday. Sure, sure. I'm from, I'm from Greensboro, so, you know, I was familiar with the church, didn't know a lot about it, but I knew of the church. And the chairman of the deacons, Bob McLaughlin, who just went home to be with the Lord within the last month and a half, um, mm. he called me out of the blue one day. I did not know him. I'd heard of him, but I did not know him personally. He called and asked if I would um, entertain coming to be the pastor. And I just hey, can you hold that thought? No. Tyler, forgive me. We, we've got a brief break. Hang on, folks. We're talking to Tyler Galden, a young Christian leader God is raising up, and there is hope for your church to turn around as well. Stay tuned. We're going to be back with more after this. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Doubt is a perennial concern for Christians. Every Christian has feelings of doubt at one time or another. Unfortunately, many Christians assume that doubt is the opposite of faith. They assume that wandering among the hard questions of faith will lead us further from a belief in God. Travis Dickinson, a professor of philosophy at Dallas Baptist University, has his latest book, Wandering Toward God, Finding Faith Amid Doubts and Big Questions. He was in my radio studio recently to talk about his book and provide hope and guidance for Christians who have questions about their faith. Doubt is a natural phenomenon. He quotes from C.S. Lewis, who said, Now that I'm a Christian, I do have moods in which the whole thing looks very improbably. But when I was an atheist, I had moods in which Christianity looked terribly probable. Part of the problem with the way we see doubt is that we assume we must have certainty. But even prominent atheists reject the idea of certainty. Bertrand Russell observed, The demand for certainty is one which is natural to man, but nevertheless an intellectual vice. Voltaire concluded, doubt is not a pleasant condition, but certainty is an absurd one. Travis Dickinson encourages us to ask big questions and look for answers. There are so many theologians and apologists who provide clear and cogent answers to the many questions Christians and non-Christians are asking today. In the concluding chapters, he gives reasons for God and reasons why we can trust the Bible. He also addresses a few of the common questions raised against the gospel and Christianity. Is the God of the Bible good and loving? And why is there so much pain and suffering? So if you know people struggling with doubt about their faith, this is a book that will take them on a journey back to a biblical foundation. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Socialism, go to viewpoints.info socialism. That's viewpoints.info socialism. 
The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Alex McFarland here sitting in for Bishop E.W. Jackson talking with uh, my friend and colleague Tyler Galden, pastor of Church Street Baptist Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Tyler, before the break, you were talking about you came to the church, and folks, I'm going to give the number because if you have a question for Tyler or myself, the number is 888-589-8840. If you, like so many American churches, if your church is kind of coasting, you've kind of plateaued or declined because there is no real plateau. I mean, if you're not moving up, you're probably sliding backward. Uh, And you, you say, how can we turn things around? How can we again see people being saved and we can again experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in our church? I want you to listen up. If you've got a question, we'll do our best to give you a good answer. The number, 888-589-8840. But Tyler, so uh, they reached out to you. You're an evangelist. The the church, uh, a beloved longtime pastor, had gone on to heaven, and so they reach out to you. Uh, Pick up the story, if you would, brother. You know that first Sunday when I went, Alex, it was a um, it was a barren desert. There were, um, you know, just a handful of people in the sanctuary that probably seats, you know, three to four hundred. Um, it just it was pitiful. You know, they had uh, very very few financial resources. It was it was just a barren wilderness. But that first Sunday when I got up to preach, you know, I finally. Finally succumbed to um, Bob, the chairman of the deacons, calling me. I thought I'd give it a shot just to come preach. I really didn't want a candidate. That first Sunday, I preached out of the book of Chronicles, where the scripture says that the Lord runs to and fro, where he is searching for a man that he can show himself strong on his behalf. And I preached that message, and I felt the liberty of the power that I had so longed for coming out of heaven on my life that day. I just preached. I felt like I didn't take a breath. I just preached. And I knew right then this was the place God wanted me. The problem was there was nothing there, just a handful of people, and they voted me in two Sundays later. Fifty people voted me in. And uh, just to be honest, I never saw half of those ever again. I think half of them just showed up to vote. Wow. uh, I'm telling you, it's been... Ten years, I'll, I'll be there ten years this coming January, and we've seen the mighty power of God. 
Amen. Amen. Now, I want to come back to that story because, folks, uh, you need to check out Unspeakable Joy. Uh, if you care about revival in America and you care about revival in your church, I want you to familiarize yourself with Tyler Galden. And, folks, look, I'm not just bringing Tyler to the mic uh, just to have somebody on, but I care about revival throughout our nation. And we're going to go to a call, but Tyler, I'm going to ask you this. The mighty move of God that you all are seeing, and souls are getting saved, and Christians are getting strong in the Word, could this happen in any community in America, Tyler? Any church, any community, any body of believers can see the exact same thing that we are seeing in Greensboro at our church. Amen. Folks, we're going to talk about the pathway to that. Right now, we're going to go to uh, Jason in Mississippi. Jason, are you there? Yes. Yeah, thanks for holding. What What's your question for Reverend Tyler Galden? Well, uh, for both of you men, I respect you a lot, and I appreciate you, Alex. But uh, the um, I, I help with a small church, and uh, we have an interim right now, and and we are absolutely getting God-called, uh, Holy Spirit-led messages. Um, but, you know, since COVID, of course, our numbers are, are way, way down. And But the thing is, is our church hasn't experienced growth in, in at least probably three years now of any sort. And so if you're getting that solid word and you're getting all those, uh, you know what you're getting from the pulpit is just awesome, Um uh, is there, you know, some other help there? Do you have any anything there uh, for a church that's just just really kind of uh, struggling? What, what do you say, Tyler? You know, I would say that the answer to that is probably twofold. So number one, what we did, what we saw work. You know, I've read the books, I've done all the church growth stuff. It just did not work for us. So what we did is we started a Tuesday night, at that time, a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And all we would do is we would pray. And I mean, it, it was not, we didn't preach on that night. There was no singing that night. I would come. There would be sometimes five people. Sometimes there would be 30 people. And all we would do is we would pray that God would come and that God would move and that God would bless as he would see fit. I would greatly encourage any church um, and you may not even be the pastor or the deacon. Get a few people to gather together and pray. Not everybody in the upper room in the book of Acts was a preacher. You know, they were, they were uh, laymen. They were normal people, what we would say. And so that, that would be the first answer. The second answer, and this may go against all church growth um, uh, procedures and methods. I do think, Alex, that we have got to get away from measuring blessing and uh, health by numbers. You know, if you're getting the Word of God and the Word is being preached, give God time. God puts churches in seasons, and just as there's seasons on the earth of summer and fall and winter and spring, churches go through that. You know, even my church, there are times of great... Ex- you you're there? Did I lose your brother? Okay, I, I lost you for a second. Okay, you said there are times of what now? There are times of, of, of great growth, and then sometimes there are times of, you know, what we would 
what you and I would call stagnation, but people are growing. Just because numbers aren't there doesn't mean that God's not working. So I think that in America, we really have got to rearrange the way that we see growth. That would be my my advice. Mm. And, and Jason, by the way, first of all, thank you for caring, and thank you for caring about the state of your church. Do you know what I have found, like, like Tyler said, uh, and I know it might sound simplistic, but prayer, uh, and I fully believe specific prayers get specific answers. James 4 verse 2 yeah. says, you have not because you ask not. Uh, let me encourage you to uh, make a list of the things you would like to see God do in accord with His Word, and and obviously souls getting saved, Christians getting discipled, and begin to pray, even if it's uh, yourself and just one or two others. Uh, you know, the Bible says, despise not the day of small beginnings. And if the, you might not have a hundred people on the first night, you begin to pray and intercede. Don't be discouraged. There will be, honestly, I've seen it in literally dozens and dozens of church revival meetings. Uh, we've prayed till prodigals came back. We've prayed for atheists to get saved, and they have. And so begin to pray, and then continue in obedience. Tyler, wouldn't you say um, it's nothing, um, no schemes or gimmicks, just simple obedience. Uh, Encourage the church to do the things that disciples do. They're in the Word. They're walking with the Lord. They're participating in the local church. Uh, they're, They're inviting people. But fervent prayer and simple obedience there will be a tipping point, and you'll begin to see the Lord mightily show up. Uh, would you agree, Tyler? Alex, if I had a stamp that said 1,000% agree, I would stamp it right now. That there is, no, there is no methodology that can ever outdo just being obedient to God and praying and seeking the face of God. And I love what you said about specific requests get specific answers. I tell people all the time, don't pray like a shotgun shoots. Pray like a rifle. Get specific requests, get specific things, and God will answer in His time. But you can guarantee, write it down, God will answer when God's people pray. Jason, we're rooting for you. Let us hear back from you in a few months. Uh, We're going to go to Kentucky, Elijah in Kentucky. Now, if ever somebody had a Bible name, Elijah, brother, you've got it. Welcome to the program. Peace be upon you, brothers. I have a question. It has. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. uh, Yes, go ahead. I have a question that has been on my mind for a long time. Uh, My family are Assyrian Aramaic. And we still puzzle why we have so many denominations, Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, what have you, because we call ourselves Christian. When you ask me what denomination, I have no denomination. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Could the preacher answer that question for me, please? Tyler, what do you say, brother? You know, there is a long answer, and then there is a short answer. You know, the long answer is what we would discuss in theological classes. The short answer, though, would be through the the, the ages and the generations after, uh, you know, the Church is founded, there would be different 
um, heresies that would arise. There would be different false teachings that would arise. And in order to combat that, you would have groups that would separate from that heresy. And they would, in the, originally, I, you know, they would take on titles. You know, they would take on uh, names and distinguishing factors, I guess, would be characteristics, would be the word I'm looking for. And over time, those characteristics and those groups formed names. And then the names formed followings, and the followings formed denominations. That is where the denominations come from. Well, we've got a break. I hear that music. Tyler, uh, you're so gracious with your time. Can you hang on through another segment? Oh, I'd love to. All right. Folks, this is Alex McFarland with our very special guest, Tyler Galden of the Unspeakable Joy Program. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. We're going to come back with more calls. We'll finish up with Elijah's question, plus your Bible and church questions and more. Don't go away. We're back after this. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Sometimes as we travel down life's road, the going gets rough. The sailing isn't always smooth on the sea of life. Sometimes it gets kind of bumpy. There are three things we can do in life when the going gets rough. One thing we can do is to resign. And you'd be surprised at the number who take this course of relief. They will lead the parade when the going is easy and smooth and everything is in good order. Yes, sir. They'll strut high and mighty as long as there's a band playing and the streets are lined with folks shouting hoorays. But let difficult times set in, and they are nowhere to be found. Usually those who resign when the going gets rough are those who come in for purely selfish reasons. They only wanted to get something for themselves, not willing to make any sacrifice and not desiring to make the road any smoother, They check out when the going gets rough. Another thing we can do when the going gets rough is to become resigned. Did I pronounce that right? Let me say it again. Another thing we can do when the going gets rough is to become resigned. We can cry and weep while repeating the worn-out phrase, Well, it has always been this way and always will be this way. And, I guess, if it's left up to them to change matters and make them better, they're right. Things always will be this way, for they certainly aren't going to put forth any sweat to make them better. It takes no great effort to accept things as they are and not try to make them any better. We can become resigned real easy, and a great advantage to this is that we can quit without checking out. We can stay in and do nothing. (laughs) Seems to be several of those folks around, doesn't it? I said there are three things we can do when the going gets rough. The third thing is this. We can become re-signed. I borrowed some money from the bank once. My note was made out for a year. At the end of the year, I had paid most of the note back, but some of it I had to carry over. A new note was made, and I had to re-sign it. The old signature was no longer any good. Many of us need to get a fresh signature on our credentials. Once I had to go to a notary public to get a paper notarized. I noticed that on the notarization, the notary public had written, my commission expires on, and it gave a date. You know, perhaps we are operating under an expired commission. 
Maybe we need to re-sign. When the hard times come, I want God to know he can count on me. He didn't run out on me when the going got rough. He stuck it out, even to the cross. And it would be mighty little on my part if I backed out on him when the going got rough. I want him to know he can count on me when the hard times come. When the going gets rough, we can resign, become resigned, or we can re-sign. Those who resign or become resigned never help the cause. Those who re-sign do. Take up your pen and put a fresh signature on the dotted line of life. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Alex McFarland here sitting in for E.W. Jackson. By the way, folks, you probably, on this cold December day, you might not be thinking about the summer of 2023, but I want to remind you that I will be at The Cove in Western North Carolina, the Billy Graham Training Center, July 7 through 9, and I'll be finishing up my two-year study of First and Second Peter, one of my favorite books in the New Testament, First Peter and Second Peter. The theme is thriving till he comes, thriving till Jesus comes. And yes, Jesus is coming back. And July 7 through 9, Angie and I would love to meet you at the Cove. There'll be people there from all over North America. We'll, we'll do a deep dive into the Word of God, First and Second Peter. We'll pray together. We'll eat good food. We'll experience the presence of the Lord and some great fellowship with believers from all over the the continent, really. It always does fill up, so I want you to go to the website, thecove.org, T-H-E-C-O-V-E, thecove.org, July 7 through 9. We'd love to see you there. Well, we've got a lot of questions, and we're going to get some guidance from Tyler Galden on revival in the church. I want to say one last thing about Elijah's question. He was asking, why are there so many denominations? And, you know, Tyler, you, you hit it on the head. There are, there, there are a couple of reasons, like, denominations would form. And, you know, some of the fundamentals of core Christianity, hopefully any and every church would hold to things like this, the inerrancy of Scripture, that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God, infallible, the Bible, the authority of Scripture, the virgin birth, that Jesus was born of a virgin, had no sin nature. He is deity. That means Jesus is God incarnate. And because he is God, he was able to die for our sins, the sins of the world. That's called the atonement. On the cross of Calvary, the appropriate measure of God's wrath that you and I deserved was put on to Jesus. He paid for our sins. He rose from the dead. Yes, Jesus physically rose from the dead. Luke 24, he said, touch me. You'll see that a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. He rose from the dead and he will return one day. Now, ideally, regardless of the denomination, a church, an authentic New Testament church would would affirm and preach these things, that we we are saved through Jesus alone. Now, some churches and denominational groups, they'll get together to fight a heresy, or maybe they, they, they form an affinity because they want to emphasize a certain doctrine, or maybe 
They want to pool their money for resources. I know a lot of churches, Baptist among them, would get together and form a denomination to put their money together for world missions. But let me say this, regardless of the denomination, uh, make sure that the church that you're investing your life in is really preaching the, the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-5, Paul said, "...the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for the sins of the world." But, Tyler, um, I do think the plethora of all these different churches, to some people from the outside looking in, it is confusing, isn't it? Oh, I believe that. I, I Sometimes I say, Alex, I would, I would hate to be on the outside trying to figure out what was going on the inside. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to go to uh, another question here. I want to go to Paul. This is Home Turf for Tyler and myself, North Carolina. Paul, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, There was a mention earlier about, you know, church attendance is is dropping so rapidly, and and COVID had a big thing. He told everybody to stay home and watch it on Facebook or YouTube. And now they, I think too many people are using it as an excuse not to come back, and I don't think they're taking the time to to actually watch it. Has anybody did research on how we can turn this trend around? Well, you know, great question. Let me throw this in here, and then I want Tyler's response. There was uh, um, September 15 of 2022, so this is just a couple months ago, um, Christianity quickly diminishing in the U.S. on pace to become a minority religion in the next couple of decades. And basically the Pew Research Center, kind of a think tank, has documented since COVID, I mean, the, the graph is shocking. Now, there, are, praise God, there are exceptions like Church Street Baptist Church in Greensboro and some others that I could, I was just in, in Yorktown, Texas and Yoakum, Texas, and God is doing some great work out there. But Tyler, on the whole, I mean, there are exceptions, but I th- I'm just going to say this, I think the 100 million professed adults that profess Christianity. I mean, that's that's a big number. According to the Barner Research Group, 100 million adults profess to be Christians. But I think um, the, the talk needs to be matched with a walk. And I think we're backslidden. I think we're carnal. I think we're uh, not grateful to Jesus like we ought to be, and we need a, a, a revival. Tyler, what do you say? I would agree with your your assumption. There's no way, and again, I don't know the, the numbers, I don't know the percentages, 100 million people claiming to be Christians. There would be a lot of, you know, there'd be a lot, a lot of things that would be different. You know, I just don't know. We are living in a day where there are a lot of backslidden Christians, uh, people that are just claiming they're claiming to be Christ uh, Christians they they claim to know Christ but they're not walking they're not salt they're not light um, I, I, I do believe that there are a lot of goats among sheep you know to use the parable of Jesus some yeah. people that are uh, they're in the church but they're not they're not saved they've never been truly born again that would be my opinion I would agree yeah. So, Paul, I think that, 
You know, there's an old saying, consistency validates authenticity. And a lot of people are not consistently living as disciples because they're not authentically born again. Uh, Andrew in Kentucky, a great question. I'm going to hand it straight to you, Andrew, your question. Sure. Uh, First, I just want to preface it with this, and uh, thank you for taking my call. But uh, I'm a young evangelist. Like the brother said, he started out. Uh, I'm 24 years old, and I've been preaching three and a half years. And by the grace of God, I've got to preach in 30 churches, uh, 30 churches in seven counties in Kentucky. And I give God all the glory for that. But I'm in the process of uh, being called to pastor a church. It's a small church, but I want to ask the question, how how can I uh, begin well, start the race well? How can I get a church on fire for the Lord, as First Corinthians, I believe it is, 11 says, be followers of me as I also am follower of Christ. I want to get a church on fire, and I want to start well. And I want to I want to ask you that question. How can you how can you get on fire and begin well? What do you say, Tyler? That's a great question. Um, in fact, while you were talking, I was just reliving those early days. And man, I wish I could go back and redo so many things. But if if you are wanting to start well, if you you be the best Christian you can be, and here was here would be what I would tell you. I'm not sure about your marital status, but uh, if you are married, love your wife. Be faithful to your wife. Um, if you're not married, wait on God to bring you the right wife. Uh, the second thing is, and again, no particular order here, just as they're coming to my mind, walk with God. Pray personal devotion. Uh, you seek the face of God personally. Don't let all of your devotion be your sermon preparation. And as you do those things, the Holy Spirit of God in time, will exalt you in the eyes of those people so that they will follow you as you follow Christ. If you're asking me personally, that's what you do. Then on a, as a pastor, just preach the Word and love people, be faithful, and let God take care of the results. Amen. Amen. Uh, That's really true. And Andrew, by the way, God bless you for being an evangelist. I commend you for preaching in 30 churches throughout seven counties there in Kentucky. Keep on. I want to tell you, and I know Tyler would concur, God is faithful. God is faithful. Matthew 6, 8 says, the Father knows what you need even before you ask. Matthew 6, 8. Hey, we got a brief break. Uh, Tyler, I want to respect your time. Can you stay? Do you need to go or you want to hang on? Brother, I am so happy. You just keep on going. I'll be there with you. Amen. We're back after this, folks. Don't go away. AFA is no longer dependent on Facebook or YouTube to live stream our original programming. As of now, American Family Radio shows like Today's Issues, The Core, Airing the Addisons, and The Hamilton Corner are streaming live on the AFA streaming app. Independent live streaming is the next step as we come out from among them and separate ourselves unto the Lord. Search AFA Streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. 
Hi, I'm Jenna Ellis. I'll be hosting AFR Mornings beginning January 2nd. I'm a constitutional law attorney, former senior advisor to President Trump, and a born-again Christian. I'm excited to join American Family Radio, and I can't wait to start your weekdays with current events and godly encouragement. It's an interesting time in history, and God has put each of us here for such a time as this. We have a lot to talk about. So join me for Jenna Ellis in the morning beginning January 2nd on AFR. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to. Find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-45 Bible. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. In today's world, we are multitaskers, you know. Dr. Gary Chapman on Focus on the Family Minute. So, okay, your kid's talking to you and you're on your computer or you're reading a magazine and you're listening, but they don't have your full attention and that's not quality time. And so the child feels like something on his computer is more important than I am. Or if you're talking to a child and having a conversation and your phone rings and you answer your phone, again, to that child it says somebody out there is more important than I am. Now I understand some people have to be on duty, you know, medical doctors and all. So you just say to the child, honey, this is an emergency, but stay right here. I want to finish our conversation. Mm. Yes. But you let them know that they have your full attention. That's at the heart of quality time. Look for ways to enjoy time with your children today. For more tips on interacting with them, visit FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Alex McFarland sitting in for Bishop E.W. Jackson, our very special guest, Tyler Galden of Unspeakable Joy. He's also the pastor of Church Street Baptist Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. My wife and I visit there when we're not on the road. If you happen to be in central North Carolina, I would highly recommend you look at Church Street Baptist. I mean, it'll give you some inspiration to jumpstart your own church. Tyler, I wanted to say this. You've got something really special coming up on uh, December 20th, don't you? We have got coming up um, a—we call it a Christmas at Church Street. Uh, We have we have found that so many of our people travel as you get closer to Christmas, so we have a big, massive Christmas service where we preach the gospel to uh, everybody that comes. We give gifts to the kids. The uh, sanctuary is decorated. It looks like a Macy's store. We, we just go all out, and it's going to be great on that Tuesday night, the 20th, there at Church Street in Greensboro. If you're in town, we'd love to have you. You can watch online. Uh, it's just we're just happy to to know that God is blessing is what we're thankful for. Amazing music, I'm telling you, folks. Some of the best music you'll hear anywhere, and some I don't use this word lightly. Anointed preaching for real. 
for real. Um, well, the you know, Tyler, I, I actually had you on to talk about a whole bunch of things, but these questions I think are very helpful, very practical. So we're going to bring up another caller. This is Luke in Virginia. Luke, uh, welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Hey, Alex. I really enjoyed listening to you and Bert on Exploring the Word, and then when you fell in for the bishop, and then also various other programs. And uh, I really appreciate your opinion, and I'm very lucky to be able to get through. God, well, not lucky. Well, but. thank you for listening, Luke. God bless you. And uh, you've got a special opportunity to uh, converse with our friend Tyler Galden. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm a little concerned. I love my pastor. I love his wife. love my church. But I've got a, a problem, as you may see with the text that the, uh, the guy that received my call put in front of you about my pastor making a decision a couple of years ago that he was going to allow women um, not just to be ministers, but beyond that, to become pastors with that authority as well, where they're up there by themselves speaking to the congregation, doing a sermon. And um, to me, with the scriptures that I found in uh, in various places, Titus, First, Second Corinthians, etc., um, seems to me like that's a, that's not good. I'd like to get you guys' opinion on that. Yeah, l- let me weigh in on this, and then Tyler, I'll let you speak. You know, First Timothy three two, speaking of a pastor, and the King James uses the word bishop, but we're talking about a pastor of a local church. Uh, this is my take, not only on scripture but on really church history. Uh, and, and this was church history, at least up until really the feminist movement of the 1970s, that the pastor is the husband of one wife. Now, let me be very clear. Men and women are equal in worth and value, dignity, uh, you know, salvation. But the, uh, on the subject of ecclesiology, that's how we run the church. Tyler, as I study New Testament ecclesiology, uh, and church history, uh, the role of, of pastor was male, wasn't it? You're 100% correct, and even as you study there in Timothy and Titus, uh, all of those qualifications um, that refer to the pastor are in the masculine. And so, again, you you hit it on the head up until the 1960s and 70s when the feminist movement really exploded in America's the role of the pastor, the leader of the church, uh, was always uh, a male's position, yes. So, so Luke, uh, brother, uh, I, I hear you. I, you love your church, and you kinda, you've kind of invested there emotionally and life-wise, but um, let me just say this, and I'm not going to belabor this point, but if you look at some of the denominations like the United Methodist, not all, but but most, and then uh, Presbyterian churches and uh, Episcopal churches, which the American Episcopal is a subset of the Anglican fellowship, as they begin to get lax on things like the structure of the church, other things became lax as well, to the point that today there are some denominations that are, and, and I don't use this term lightly, apostate meaning they don't believe Jesus is the one and only Savior. Um, they, oh my goodness, it's just epic how many denominations have, uh, you know, caved in on moral issues and homosexuality and transgenderism. And so it, it's this slow drift. I mean, if you, if you 
fudge on the Bible in one place, then tomorrow what about another place? And so on, and you look up one day, and a church or a group of churches is not even remotely aligned with New Testament Christianity anymore. And uh, Tyler, when whether it be uh, the role of the pastor, um, it's a slippery slope, and, and one day you look up and you've fallen all the way down the hill. When a when a group, a denomination, a church, a pastor, whatever the uh, the title is, the qualification or the characteristic, whenever they start making caveats to explain away portions of the Bible to make it fit the culture, you have started down a Pandora's box experience that will not stop. The moment you you fudge on one section of the Bible, one verse of the Bible. It never ends, and you you hit it. This is always the slope that leads to denominational failure, to church failure, to personal failure, is when a portion of the Bible is explained away. And it sounds like, again, denominations we all know um, are have done it. They're doing it now. Uh, and this, our brother, you know, I feel for him. I, I truly, uh, it breaks my heart to hear that, you know, somebody has to go through that. It, it's so sad. Well, uh, we've only got a few minutes left, and first of all, Tyler, I want to say thank you for giving an hour of your busy day to uh, be with us on the radio. And um, I'm sure I'll see you before Christmas, but I want to say to you and your family and to Church Street, uh, Merry Christmas, and may God bless you in every way from Angie and me. But uh, with a few moments we got left— Give us some hope for the plateaued or declining church. Tyler, what are some steps that people can begin to do that uh, ultimately God could turn a, a church around? Brother, you are a blessing. I want to say that. Merry Christmas. Let me just say to any church that has plateaued, is on a downward slope, seek the face of God in prayer. Get back to where people gather together in a humble manner, to pray and ask God to have mercy on their church. Anybody that is listening to the program right now, gather one person, two people, ten people, and if it's just you and your family, get on your face before God and seek His face. Ask, and it shall be given. God is a rewarder, Hebrews 11, of those that diligently seek Him. That is the quickest, most effective, the only way that the church in America is going to see revival. And you know, Matthew 16, 18, the Lord said, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Listen, as long as as God is alive and he is forevermore, and as long as there's prayer, hey, uh, we serve the God who raises the dead. He can resurrect a dormant, nearly dead church too, can't he? Oh, brother, what a blessing. Just to hear you say that excites my spirit. There is absolutely nothing. If you could just, again, we'll, we'll apply the Scripture. The, the, the valley of dry bones can't uh, again as long as it has the breath. And the Spirit of God is still active, and He is still able to do exceeding abundant above all that we could ever ask or think. Amen. When you lead somebody to Christ, let's say somebody walks the aisle and prays the sinner's prayer, or 
in personal evangelism, you lead somebody to Christ. Tyler, what, what are the first things that you encourage a brand new believer to do? The first thing we begin to talk to them about, and again, this is a kind of a step-by-step process, and they all work hand-in-hand, is we, we discuss with them the importance of being scripturally baptized to make that public profession of the decision they've made in their heart. The second thing we do is to tell them whether they're in our area or if it's out in revival somewhere or if it's in one of our television broadcast areas when we hear of people being saved, is we try to connect them to a local church. They must be involved in the local church, especially in these last days, Amen. to be involved in that local body. The third thing we do is on a personal level. We teach them how to, uh, and we explain the importance of a personal walk with God in devotion, Bible reading, and prayer. Those are the three first steps that we take with every new believer. Amen. You know, folks, I use the analogy of like a bonfire. Let's say you've got a bunch of logs stacked up, you've got a bonfire, and you pull a log away and you set it off by itself. I mean, it'll burn a little while, but it'll burn out. And and you cannot walk the Christian life alone. God doesn't call lone rangers. He calls you to be a part of a fellowship. It's called the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the called out assembly. And Tyler, Angie and I, we we have believed this in 33 years of marriage, in 30 plus years of ministry. It is part of the disciples' to-do list to be a part of a good local church. So folks, let me encourage you. Uh, the, the time you most ought to go in church is when you don't feel like going. <laughs> and listen, God will bless you, uh, and you'll, you'll find out that it's water for your thirsty soul. If you're going to be all that the Lord in, encourages you to be, you've got to be in a church. Tyler, I just, I, I think if you said to the Apostle Paul, you know, I'm a Christian, uh, but I just don't go to church, Paul would say, you're not really a disciple. Do you believe that? I do. I imagine that the Apostle Paul would have a lot to say about what he sees today, and you're exactly right. You cannot, absolutely cannot, uh, be truly right with God and not be right with the local church. Amen. Hey, we got to pull away. Give your website one more time, Tyler, please. Unspeakablejoy.com. Alex, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for all you're doing for the kingdom. Thanks for being on. Folks, I'll be back in two hours. The show Exploring the Word with Bert Harper will continue in the Gospel of John, and we'll talk about Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to The Awakening and the American Family Radio Network. We'll be back in two hours. Keep your radio tuned to AFR and tell somebody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.